Welcome to the New Dawn Podcast. I'm your host and transformation guide, Dawn Lusht. Now, on this week's podcast, I have invited back Miriam uh, to come and have a chat together. You know Miriam, if you've listened to our last podcast, you'll know her as somebody who I really thoroughly adore. And I do spend the first two minutes or so of this podcast basically telling her how much I love her. Uh, I love letting people know how I feel I feel it's important I don't think it's something we do enough and so any opportunity I get to tell the people that I love and adore how much I love and adore them I do and I do it unapologetically so if it makes you feel a bit queasy (laughs) if it makes you wonder what's happened and whether I've drunk too much cacao this morning um maybe but really my truest intention is just to let her know that I love and adore her and that I'm always excited for us to share conversations together especially when they expand both of us and the topic that we're talking about today is about releasing attachment to outcome and this is something that she and I have struggled with and continue sometimes to let go of it's a topic that we explore together personally in our private lives in a lot of depth and detail And we do so also with our clients. And because there's so much unknown that's happening at the moment, well, you could argue it's like that all the time, but certainly it feels more exaggerated right now. We thought it might be a really profound time to bring this topic uh, to, to light, to share about it, to wax lyrical about it, to explore the, the reasons why we attach expectation and we need to have an attachment to an outcome and what we can do about it because these are the places and spaces that keep us really locked into a fixed mindset and actually can cause us an awful lot of pain and suffering and as you know both me and Miriam are very much dedicated to releasing those places and spaces that keep us feeling bad so We bring you this conversation today. It'll be the first of many more, especially throughout this year. Uh, And I hope that you find nuggets of wisdom and liberation and expansion in your heart listening to it. And if you have any comments, any feedback, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us both on our Instagram or email us. All the details will be in the show notes. So without further ado, here is Miriam. Welcome, Miriam. Welcome once again to what feels like just there's going to be an abundance of conversations of you and I riffing, sharing from our hearts. And I am so delighted to share this space with you. One of the most significantly incredible magnificent wonderful people I I know and I could say nice things about you forever (laughs) I would just sit here and listen (laughs) I'll just soak it up you know um it's moments like this and people like you that make me realize that the universe has our back (laughs) 
it makes me realize that no matter what you think is going to happen or what you want to happen, that there is something even more magnificent that is possible in every moment, as long as you release attachment to outcome. And for me, I had released the attachment to needing to be seen in a certain way or accepted in a certain way. And then our friendship developed to the point where you now see me as I wanted to be seen (laughs) (laughs) and was accepted in a way that I could only dream of Um, and I I loved the irony and the beauty of our friendship and of you two minutes of saying how magical you are (laughs) Miriam I can't really follow that I'm too uh, um, yeah speechless in a good way I'm just processing all that nice energy that you've sent me and uh, being grateful really grateful Um, yeah especially because on this path I suppose of like challenging our being or the spiritual path or just wanting and knowing that we can do better as as individuals, as people, or whatever whatever slant you want to take on it, just knowing that there's a better version of you inside, and it struggles to display more often than you would like. And then um, you meet somebody who invites you to authentically be you, and. I think when someone holds space for you like that in a friendship, then it's much easier to let go of attachment to outcome. What kind of attachment to outcome do you think you would have normally? That I would have to act a certain way or say certain things or to be for you to want to be or for other friends to want to be around me because I'm comfortable to be around or um easy to be around or don't Mm -hmm. challenge or whereas I think we're fortunate that we we've just given each other full permission to to be ourselves and and to make mistakes in that space as we're figuring out what that means you know do I want to be this version of me in this moment oh that doesn't feel so comfortable let me try something else and somebody else your friend is watching going oh yeah that was interesting (laughs) (laughs) what happened there then I don't know not really don't really know should we share a cacao and talk about it yeah that sounds good should we go paddleboarding talk about it yeah okay Um, but I think out outside of our friendship um this term letting go of attachment to outcome I use a lot with clients and I was working with somebody for the first time yesterday doing 
uh, a, a sort of new offering of um, this sort of self-care day or investing in me day and it, we kept talking about attachment to outcome and how we can hold things so tightly and it it becomes forced um and suffocating yeah as in the idea becomes suffocated or and then you become suffocated and the, and the person trapped. <laughs> yeah. it's all just it all just gets like a compressed marble uh and it and and then it got nowhere to go so um I have a visual that I use with attachment to outcome so often if I'm meditating or if I'm doing a healing or working with somebody as a coaching client I will set an intention before that person's arrived or before I'm working with them and it's like I as if I've got a helium balloon in front of me and I will write my intention on the helium balloon and then I release it and so I've I've surrendered it I you know I've been clear about what it is I would like to achieve but then I also know that if that's not exactly right something else will will uh, will be manifested you know in line with my highest potential and the person I'm working with so those are all spot on they really resonate with me everything that you've just said I think uh, what I'd like to do is um, I like to give a little bit of context you know Mm. and the context I would give to this conversation about releasing attachment to outcome is if the aim of all of this journey is to create a place inside of us that feels peaceful, supported and loved and taken care of, then there are certain thoughts and certain experiences, uh, certain ways of holding ourselves that keep perpetually taking us into suffering. And the way that I view this is if we exert what feels like an element of control, like we all want to feel like we're in control of what's happening to us because we have a fundamental fear that, or an inner knowing that we're not in control of any of it (laughs) to a certain degree. Or a complete degree, yeah. A complete degree. (laughs) Uh, So there's always this idea that if I, I have an idea that I am attached to, whether it's about a relationship or my job or my outcome or or a friendship or, I don't know, how I want to raise my kids or anything, anything like that. Having an attachment to what the outcome looks like creates a, a constraint and constriction that therefore means that anything that happens outside of that situation uh, basically puts you in a place of mass discomfort and resistance. So you automatically go into this, uh, no, this isn't how it's supposed to be. No, (laughs) it's not supposed to be like that. No, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. This is wrong. And, or, and as well, uh, 
I'm being punished. I'm being persecuted. Life hates me. Uh, yeah. I, or, you know, it's the other side. It always happens to me. Yeah. Is, yeah. And what you and I have talked about the both ends of the stick, you know. Yeah. You've got the end of the stick, which is the shadow end, which is a self-deprecating, um, keeping you perpetually thinking things that draw you downwards. And then you've got the other end of the stick, which is literally a mindset shift, a thought shift, which and a, and then a, a position shift within yourself that is allowing, yeah. and allowing equals freedom to to many extents, right? Yeah. So the context for me then is: imagine that what we have are intentions. Our intention is to have and create, because it speaks to our hearts, uh, healthy, mentally and emotionally healthy children and physically, uh, a connection with our husbands or wives or partners that feels deep and nourishing, and then fill in the blank, whatever whatever mm. your desires are. And you work towards those because they delight you and they feel good and feel positive. And then at some point you release the attachment to what you think the outcome should look like. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. you rumble with the knots you create for yourself when you struggle between releasing attachment to outcome and being definitely attached to an outcome <laughs> <laughs> when you bump up against yourself you know, yeah you know. oh I had an expectation yeah um does that overview feel uh, yeah does that resonate um, with you yeah it does resonate um I, I probably in coaching scenarios I talk about it probably a little bit differently in terms of I might replace attachment to outcome with expectation that you've gone into a situation with an expectation um and and then when the world doesn't conform to your expectation because that person didn't do what you wanted them to do or your kids didn't get the grade that you wanted them to or they've got a cold and it was your weekend that you were going out or I don't know something that doesn't quite fit your your plan then anywhere where there's an expectation really is just another representation of where you've become attached to an outcome um I wonder sorry. if I wonder if within that thought there is when you are attached to an outcome I wonder if or an expectation I wonder if there's this fundamental belief that the universe isn't on your side I, I I think we might get conditioned into that like that might be a bit of programming that we pick up along the way as kids and uh, when we aren't taught to have a narrative other than that um, because you'll definitely see people on the telly exhibiting those types of uh, sentences and you know mm. on on mainstream television um, and probably social media for that 
to that extent as well. Um, I think. I think also putting the blame outwardly to it's somebody else doing it to me is far easier to do than recognizing or even contemplating or understanding that actually you're the (laughs) one holding that framework of expectation in your head. But this goes back to not, this isn't all, you know. Let's just stay on that point for a minute because I think that is really, really, really key here. Um, The idea that, and that keeps us in this victim poor me kind of space we're powerless right well that's the thought we tell ourselves (laughs) yeah unconsciously um yeah no I I don't know I think it it manifests tangibly in our energy so we don't become resourceful in our thoughts or our being or the actions that we take we we feel like it's so we bump up against an expectation or we're very attached to an outcome and it doesn't happen. And then we start a narrative of, oh, it's, you know, that's because I'm, it never happens for me or, you know, some sort of story. And. Like Brené Brown says about yeah, the story I'm telling, I'm telling myself, myself about this exactly. is. And so there is an energetic frequency associated with that language that Mm -hmm. drops us that lowers us um in nlp we would talk about it in terms of you know the state that that's been created as a result of the words you're using is unresourceful and therefore the behaviors that are available to you are less than if you were resourceful Mm -hmm. so that really resonates yeah so it's not uh yeah so um i've probably gone off track a little bit well you know that's really such an important thing isn't it i mean you and i are very passionate about um creating uh opportunity creating potential really living into and becoming our greatest most authentic selves and the issue becomes where we trap ourselves into thinking in places and spaces that stop us from being able to embody that more. So I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but when you when we sit in that place of feeling powerless, which is essentially what happens when when you decide to have an attachment to outcome, you're already feeling quite powerless, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Um, so if we come back to this deep knowing and understanding, or maybe even for the first time acknowledging that our thoughts are things and they are powerful and therefore the way we focus our attention and the types of things that we think ultimately can help us feel empowered and strong or uh, being the need to control, the need to mold and shape our reality to fix and fit into what we need it to be in order to be okay yeah for it to be comfortable or what we imagine comfortable and so there's two things that come out of that for me um one is about the idea that we're supposed to be comfortable love that thought (laughs) and the other one is 
so I'm going to say them both so that then I, I've got a hope in hell of remembering. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is um, my vision when I talk about um, uh, language and narratives and, and what what I see that as in my head when I talk about it. So let me come to comfortable first. If we are souls having a human experience, mm-hmm. then the experiences that we are supposed to experience are all of them. And we've got very much caught in this idea that we should never experience sadness or um, anger or melancholy or you know the other what we emotions that would be on the other end of the spectrum I suppose and I'm definitely not saying that individuals that are stuck in those realms of emotion that that's okay I'm definitely not saying that but I definitely know that in order to be so grateful for the joy that I experience that's because of the the polarity of experience the opposite of that of heartache it's the contrast isn't it yeah it is and and that I am like you know like in terms of the physiology and the amazing body and the nervous system I've got I've got this this um vessel that can have a wild realm you know roller coaster of emotions from both ends of the spectrum and I'm trying to dumb down one end of it or I'm only trying to create experiences that are on one end of the spectrum when I've got a um, a heart that can experience all of them and is supposed to, um, at least in a different way to how we're currently being taught to experience emotion, which is that it's okay if it's comfortable for everybody else. <laughs> but if you display upset and other people can't cope with it then it needs to be boxed away and hidden and um, maybe that's built into attachment to outcome as well as our, our expectation of ourselves having to feel comfortable all the time but would you know of, I, go on. I think that's part of the ancestral healing piece actually is um, you know many of us our parents did not have the capacity to be able to rumble with a, a, a kaleidoscope of feelings. And so what they inadvertently taught us was the places and spaces where you need to feel more than I'm comfortable you feeling, you need to stop that and box it up and numb it down and make it smaller because whether I'm saying this out loud or not, I can't deal with you. I can't deal with your massive range of emotion. And so make me more comfortable by squishing yourself into <laughs> yeah. the smallest possible piece you can. Um, and then maybe, just maybe, I will love and accept you for who you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. It's imagine wild, right? it's wild. Imagine if we then are able to and this is something I've been rumbling with in the last couple of weeks, what happens if we, and this is all linked to attachment to outcome, 
because it's all to do with freedom of expression and freedom to allow the universe to be as it is, freedom to allow yourself to be as you are, the liberation from constraining the universe and what you need it to be and the liberation of constraining yourself to be something that <laughs> most of the time you can't be. No. Um, and so what happens if you allow yourself to be the entire range of your emotions? without attachment to an outcome. The big bits, the small bits, the, yeah. the messy bits. Yeah. And, and I think this is, for me, where sacred ceremony comes in, probably with myself more than in a group, but me being able to hold space for myself that invites that breadth of emotion to have the space it needs. And for me, this is very much, you know, I, I'm pretty energy sensitive. So, and I see the world through a filter of energy, like, uh, you know, in terms of all emotions are a wave of energy or a frequency and some are higher frequency and some are lower frequency. And if you imagine that you're, uh, in the water and a wave hits you and that wave then moves around you and goes on its way. So you experience the wave, you don't become the wave. Like mm. it, it, it moves, th it, if it could move through you, that would be an in a wild experience as well. But with emotions, that's literally what's happening. So this, this, wave of emotion is moving through your whole being typically ricocheting outwards from your heart and that joy or that ecstasy or that orgasmic feeling or that anger or the the, the sinking sensation all of it comes from that that center point that core of you and radiates outwards and we allow certain frequencies to move through us without stopping them. Mm -hmm. And then we try. Mostly. And... Although I do have a client who, when it comes to joy, yes, is so totally, resistant to totally. joy. Or to mm -hmm. receiving mm -hmm. compliments. And, yeah, yeah. you know, where, where you gave, you know, two minutes of a lovely intro like that. And I just sit and I will soak that energy up because that's healing you know and and i'm here to experience that that spectrum of feelings as well you know and but yeah typically those that are on the lower end of the spectrum um lower frequencies you mean the emotions yeah it, the, mm -hmm. you know not um, people <laughs> no 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 definitely not i thought sorry <laughs> clarify that yeah so those frequencies that vibrate at lower frequencies those emotions that vibrate at lower frequencies we we make ourselves rigid against the movement of them through our body we resist them and then in sacred ceremony we can soften against that emotion and allow it to take up all the space it needs within our being and it passes like the wave in the ocean and it's gone. I have spent um, most of last week 
uh, activated by some of my deepest core wounds that were ready to come up and out and to be healed. And it's, it was <laughs> very messy. Um, but it was also, there were points where I would speak to you and I would say, I'm struggling with uh, this not dissipating. And you were like, why are you trying to make it go faster? Like allow the wave through you. And there was still that part of me that was resisting, even after years of doing this work, <laughs> I was catching myself going, this is not okay. I am labeling this experience as too much, too intense, and it needs to go now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do one. Do one. Before it, before it had completed. And there was also this resistance um, to my own pain in that the recognition that actually it's taking this long because the intensity of the emotion associated with that pain is significant and if I want to scrape the bottom of the barrel I need to just sit the fuck down <laughs> and let it get on with it yeah rather than resist 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 yeah. uh, what is that really cheesy saying what you resist persists completely and for me you know you, you know how visual I am but I'm going to link two things up which is one the imagery of the narrative or the story we're telling ourselves or the constructs we create that help us make sense of the world this framework of language of beliefs of expectations of attachments to outcomes mm. is like a framework a metal framework like a warehouse structure like it's intricately welded together and it's sturdy and it's rigid and uh, it's immovable and when you first start exploring your narrative and your beliefs you might stumble across them in this rigid structure that you have to be a certain way you have to say a certain thing you have to do a certain thing and you think it's immovable you think it's fixed in concrete and steel it feels like a truth though doesn't yeah. it because well, that's a reinforced pattern that you've had yeah. over and over again yeah and, and so it feels true totally but, but it's one not, of though. the delightful <laughs> things about coaching is when you start to invite a client to wiggle those mm -hmm. structures and or to say what would it be like if that was a guideline. So what was it? What would it be like if we changed those steels to vines mm. so they could flex and flow and grow in whatever direction you wanted to and meander and soften and, you know, turn towards the sun and all of those sort of types of metaphors rather than this rigid, cold metal, you know? I had a client speaking to me the other day about this very thing and what we were talking about was the identity that comes with the structure and when the structure starts to soften we can start to feel a sense of almost fear um, because the identity that we had created around the structure that we held was moving and therefore with that moving of structure there was therefore a feeling of well who am I now and actually 
that's the beauty. That's that's the bit for me that is the ultimate form of alchemy because in that moment there is possibility, there is choice, and there is the there is the heart. There's the reconnection to a possibility of being something other than this rigid structure. But do we call it the hero's journey for nothing? No, right? Um, and yet there's still... There's still a, a, a grief, a fear, a, a discomfort with releasing this structure sometimes. So just bring an awareness to that, you know. And for our listeners, um, Miriam's sitting in the garden and uh, sometimes we hear these beautiful little tweety birds and other times she's got these great big airplanes going across the top of her. So she's just muting herself whilst they transit across the sky. But you are still here. I am still here. Yeah, no, there's helicopters flying over, obviously searching for something or someone. Mm. curious um but uh yeah there's definitely and for me i think that might be one of the biggest attachments to outcome is the identity of self this part of you or this belief about who you are that's sort of ingrained from childhood which might be the people pleaser it might be the i'm only good enough when i'm acing everything or um or I'm lazy, or I don't yeah. do enough, or yeah. All of I'm not those. good enough, or I'm the best at, or... So any of that structure that is about I am, uh, if that's really rigid, so then we have experiences where we don't ace the test, or we aren't lazy, or we don't people please, then we're bumping up constantly against an expectation of who we're supposed to be. I talk about it in terms of, you know, the real world and um, your expectation. And I can remember uh, when I was doing my my training, my NLP training, like a decade or so ago, and we used to use examples of stuff going on in our life that we were still getting triggered by and upset so that, you know, we had working content and I remember working on one that was around my hubby and him not bringing me flowers home when I wanted flowers. And at a certain point, uh, you know, I thought I'd explored what the feeling was of me getting upset about and all of, you know, what it meant, him not bringing flowers, etc., etc. And the question was asked, has he ever brought you flowers? Well, no, he's not. Okay, so you've got an expectation. Have you ever shared your expect? You know your your desire for flowers? No. Okay. <laughs> so let's just compare these two points. So you've never asked for flowers, and he's never done it. So at what point are you going to adjust your expectation to reality? Because the evidence in your reality suggests it's not going to happen. And yet you're still holding, you're still, you're still holding this attachment to outcome quite tightly and allowing yourself to lose your peace. And for what? 
You know, that right there, I think, is the core, the core of all of this. The core of all of this. And if there was one thing, I'm going to say this every time we speak, I'm sure there's (laughs) one thing. But today, this one thing is, if there was one thing as we're going into 2022 is for me, how are you going to cultivate peace within you? How are you going to make sure that the most important part of you feels flexible and able to move with what happens and not and flow with the storms and the peace and the winds and the sunshine and all the wealth of experience that's likely to happen this year whatever that means and whatever that looks like how are you going to keep your peace how do you even know what peace feels like inside of you if not Explore that. Explore the places and spaces that take you out of feeling grounded. If you're not sure what feeling grounded feels like, start there. Explore that feeling. Find methods, even if it's like talking to me or you or using aroma point therapy, vetiver on your feet, um, massage, uh, nature, whatever it is, start there and then figure out what peace feels like. Feels like what your nervous system when it's relaxed and calm feels like because when you're working from a place of fight flight freeze fawn you're not going to be able to identify what an attachment to outcome feels like because you constantly feel triggered so if you can find ways to cultivate a sense of calm within then I think that creates resilience and that creates an opportunity to be flexible with whatever comes your way and not feel like you have to attach an outcome to something and be an expectation to something in order to feel okay. I agree. Ray! (laughs) (laughs) I was just thinking if I can add anything to that, and I, I don't think I can. Um, when you were saying, what does peace look like to you? What is it that, you know, is going to allow you to uh, let go of attachment to outcome for 2022? I had, um, I've been watching my guilty pleasure, The Wheel of Time. and there's Yes. A there's a scene in that. I think the first or second. Can I just spoiler alert before you say that oh. the end is terrible? Oh, I know it's yeah, such but, a well, disappointment. Anyway, like yeah, quick. Yeah, don't, but, don't, mm. I know, I know. <laughs> but the rest of it is really good. It was just that last bit. I was like, no. Anyway, yeah. do carry on. Yeah, there's a scene um, in. There's a scene in it where, um, one of the women is being uh, trying to think of what the word right word is. Um, brought into the fold yes to and and she's there at the top of the cliff oh yes initiated initiated that's the right word sorry and um unbeknownst to her she gets sort of thrown off the cliff spoiler and um she lands in the water and she spends the first few minutes fighting the river. Thrashing, isn't it? Thrashing. She? And, yeah. and you get this real 
emotional energy of fight or flight and struggle. And then she says something to herself along the lines of be the river or go with the river. And she lays back, closes her eyes and surrenders. And yeah, for me, yeah, that is so beautiful. But isn't she doesn't surrender from a place of kill me now? No, no. It's it's a realization that she's got no control in this moment, and the river knows. Well, that she, the control <laughs> is right to surrender. To surrender. That's the yeah. bit that she has the control over. Yeah. That was her choice. Yes, yes. That she wasn't there. Yeah, definitely, she wasn't a victim in it at all. Mm. She was okay, what is, what can I do? And how is my easiest route through this turbulent water? And it was for her to feel and flow with the movement around the boulders Mm. and then for the water to wash her up where she could get out. Mm. Right on. I was listening. Yeah, go on. I was listening to a um, just like you know, um, I have my Aqua Ray membership mm-hmm. portal. I, I'm I love to be part of other women's um, or other people's uh, membership portals too, because uh, it's just so magnificent um, to have that intimacy in that way. And I was listening. I was part of one yesterday, and uh, she was talking about her relationship with Guru Singh. I don't know if you've come across him before. No. Um, he's such a character. He's so, he's awesome. Uh, check him out if you want to. Guru Singh. Um, and he was, he asked her the question, how are you going to be in relationship to, uh, betrayal this year? And what if, what happened, what if somebody close to you betrays you? And, the reason he asked the question is not that I know anything about this stuff. Uh, so I'm just repeating what he said, um, is that this in numerology, this year is the year of betrayal and, um, discord. And, uh, and so how do you release attachment? So imagine one of your friends, and this isn't too hard to imagine. I don't think, especially in this landscape that we're in right now um what happens is one of your friends or your family members and I know this is a a hot topic for many of us um has a completely different viewpoint to you and maybe up until now you've had a the very similar one or or comfortably different enough for it not to be a problem and now you are so significantly different that one of you has a problem with it and has an attachment to how you used to be or how you should be now. And within that, there's a form of betrayal uh, that they can no longer be with you. They can no longer, or they say something to you that feels heart-wrenchingly heartbreaking. And then how do you hold yourself within that space? With with releasing attachment to outcome. Ooh, that's a big question, Dawn. Uh, and emotionally charged, I think. Uh, at least for me, over the last year, um, 
compassion is the word that sprung to mind and that we are what, what it feels like is say that we were on a street looking at a house and I was with this person and we both had the same viewpoint of the house like we could see the front door and the windows and the color of the roof and and then I wander off to have a look at the other side of the house because I'm curious and the other person stays at the front side and we're still looking at the same house it's just that we both have a different viewpoint now so I can see the back door and I can see maybe there's I don't know maybe the front of the house looks sparkly and and gives off a certain image in the back of the house because it's hidden doesn't um and and if we are naive enough to think that only our side of the house exists then we're going to have conflict but if we can remember through all of this that everybody's perspective is their truth and find compassion in that for ourselves because we might so want the other person to have the same view as us. Well, nobody wants discord, do they? No. Well, although... Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I said that out loud and I was like, <laughs> is that true? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think some people might be stuck in that pattern of relationship or so, stuck in that pattern of dynamic mm-hmm. between... Uh, as you know, rather than having peace between people, you have discord and that gets comfortable. And so that's what you, that's what's fueled over time. That, that, that's where you're comfortable with each other in discord. So, but for many of us, it's not, we've come from being at peace with each other or, you know, or 90% of the time or 80% of the time being at peace with each other. And now, you know, for whatever reason, the, the, the way the world is now, we, the, there are, differing views and we forget that each of us is on their own journey um we get cross with ourselves because we might handle situations and try and drag people around the other side of the house (laughs) kicking and screaming and um we might decide that we don't know them anymore because you know they won't come and look at the other side there's so much story as Brené would say there's so many stories we can say about why we're or or, or, sorry the story I'm telling myself is they don't want to they don't like me anymore because of the side of the house I'm looking at well I'm not loved anymore because they don't want to come and see what I'm seeing yeah and and they're not trying to understand my viewpoint yeah and it's nobody has to it's not written anywhere so that for me, compassion and coming back to, am I going to lose my peace because yes. they've got a different view? No, my peace is too valuable. That's the thing, isn't it? Uh, I mean, out of all of this, if you can feel, if you can learn to practice feeling secure within your own thoughts, which actually you would think security means that you have this rigid box around you and your structure is rigid. But actually, what I found is that insecurity came when my box was and my structure was so rigid that it was immovable. Totally. And and now what I recognize is I am so secure 90% of the time (laughs) 
I'm glad you said that. Yeah, um, with myself because I know that I can flex and move, but still my center is aligned. Still my center of me is strong. So it doesn't matter what somebody says. So I'll give you an example. Right? I've just started dating this really fabulous man and uh, we went to visit somebody who together for the first time and this person that we went to visit asked me about my nutrition preferences and I mentioned that uh, most of the time I'm vegan and uh, (laughs) as normal that creates a response which normally sounds like oh we eat everything how can you not eat (laughs) you know and in that moment I know that they're feeling very judgy but they're I also understand that the box that they've created around their belief system is is really quite rigid. And I've come along and I've challenged that without even meaning to challenge that. And therefore, you're, I'm different. And that space, the people-pleasing part of me used to make me feel really uncomfortable. Like, I just want, please like me, even though I eat <laughs> differently to you. Please love me. <laughs> yeah. And yet what I've now realized is that I am so comfortable with how I feel and about what I eat. And also I feel so comfortable with and happy with the choices that I make that I never feel threatened about those choices anymore. So I'm able to hold myself in a really lighthearted place, even if they feel really agitated about my choices. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't make me feel like I should question my whole identity and whether <laughs> I, I'm allowed to fit in or not, or what happens if I am standing outside in the wilderness a little bit from this little nucleus that they have deemed I'm not part of. It's not, I don't feel threatened. And I think that's such a such an important place to explore for many of us or at least it has been for me. And it has made the difference between being able to know that what's in my heart often makes me different to other people, and yet fundamentally we're the same because I love you. Yeah. And and I want to say with that that it's not... Um, personal <laughs> no 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 uh, I would I would just want to say that it's a journey to get to that place of of trust within yourself you know of alignment and that it comes from putting yourself outside your comfort zone and getting used to saying used to standing in that place or that power if you want to call it that or not being attached to the outcome that they might like not like you because of your food choice or your dress choice or your music choice or your and and not not having that as an expectation or a need which is then linked into your identity and so you just start to sort of cut away all of these Mm -hmm. threads of narrative that tie us up in knots around who we're supposed to be and and that that it comes in different in different places you might feel really not attached to outcome 
in certain contexts contexts and then in others you might feel really attached so mm-hmm. I, I think it, it's just remembering that there's this broad spectrum and this is something that comes up a lot in in my coaching and probably for you Dawn as well like somebody might come and say can you help me I want to feel more confident and the first thing I will say is well okay tell me more because I want to feel more confident if you're using that narrative that story in your head you're you're putting all of your life under that umbrella term unless you're giving me a context so I would like to feel more confident in speaking uh, in large groups because I'm fairly sure that you can confidently get up in the morning, confidently get dressed, confidently unpack the dishwasher. Talk to your cat. <laughs> yeah, like all of the, so, but because we haven't put a context in that sentence of I want to feel more confident, we've just put a full stop at the end there mm-hmm. or dot, dot, dot. It's mm-hmm. almost like that can become a fungus that then, spreads through your whole narrative and your whole virus yeah so um so if we apply that into expectations and to you know attachments to outcomes I think it would be useful or interesting or curious for you to work out where am I where am I where am I losing my peace Mm-hmm. Where where are these emotions rising that are uncomfortable or jaggedy or spiky or oh I'm trying to get out of myself you know <laughs> where do those feelings come up and then notice what am I attached to what am I expecting about this situation that's already happened that didn't go the way I thought it would or what expectation or attachment to outcome I'm putting into the future about an interview about how a date should go about what the family holiday should be like that's that's a classic for me that I have to learn to let go it took me 10 years to let go of the attachment to the outcome that I should be able to lay on a sun lounger with three kids <laughs> and rest and close my eyes yeah, that's not going to happen now. <laughs> it really is. You're closer to that now than you've ever. Oh yeah, been. I know. That's the gift. That's the gift, isn't it? Like, yeah, we'll let you have that now. Now you've surrendered it. Oh, okay. Thanks. So there's one more thing that I want to add to this conversation about releasing attachment to outcome that I feel is important to bring awareness to, and that's. Uh, this constant desire to know what's around the corner mm-hmm. and trying to predict what's coming and then control what's coming. And if you live in a constant state of concern that it's not going to be okay or that everything is such a wild card that you can't control what's coming so you try and control what is coming, um, then you end up basically tying yourself in anxiety knots and creating this strong structure. So what I invite me, you, and me again, and then everybody else um, (laughs) who's listening, is to keep cultivating an awareness of right now, 
Right now, I'm sat on this seat talking to you. Right now, I am. I've had my lunch. I feel good. Right now, I've um, my body feels relaxed and comfortable. I've been for a run in the sun, and I right now, I feel good. Right now, I feel centered and yeah. comfortable. And if I project out in a month's time, that might wobble. That might make me feel uneasy and unnerved because I don't know what's coming. I'm looking at mainstream media and I'm thinking this is an absolute shit show and I have absolutely no idea what's coming next. And so then I go into a downward spiral of wanting to attach an outcome and expectation. And then my breath starts going shorter and more shallow and I start to constrict and maybe I start picking my fingernails and, uh, I want to comfort eat. And then I'm like, oh no, <laughs> everything's going wrong. But then if, if I bring my focus and awareness to back to back now, to right to back now, am I saying that right? Back to it now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. I'm okay. All is absolutely fine. In fact, it's better than fine. I am grateful for this conversation. I am grateful for the sunshine. I am grateful for my lunch. I am feeling expanded and strong and aligned because everything that I've done to, from the moment I woke up this morning to this very moment has been in a positive direction to help me feel the best I can possibly feel. Right now, I feel good. Yeah. Yeah, and and I would add one thing in, which is, I've got this. Yeah, that trust in yourself that whatever curveball comes, you'll be okay. If I've done my job well, if you've done your job well, when we're working with clients, I think one of the core things we do is remind them what they're capable of. Right. You know, remind them that they're resilient, they're resourceful. They don't have to know what's coming because they've got mm -hmm. everything they need within them already. And if it's not okay, it's not the end. <laughs> no, no. And it all depends how you frame that narrative, right? Yeah. So most of us know that we had to have the experiences we had to be where we are now. Oh, Miriam, like... If I look back at my life up until now, I think that was a shit show. That was just, and you've seen some of it. Like, <laughs> it's all, it's ridiculously laughable, the stuff that I've been through. And yet, what I know to be true is that whatever comes my way, I now know I can trust myself. I now know that I am strong. And I now know that even if I'm a weeble and I wobble over to the one side or the other, that I come back to the center, even if that takes a while, even yeah. if the wobble takes a while. Yeah. In healing, we, or I use a phrase, um, and, and it's often in meditations as well, I am safe and I am loved. Mm. And it's almost as if those words have weaved into them the energy of centuries of magic, of love, of 
wisdom of wisdom of just it's almost like they're an activation I, I can't I don't really understand why or how I just know that you know you could add those words into you know if you're projecting out into the future or I, I would call that running off into what if land about what might come in the future well remembering that I'm safe and loved in this moment it's, it sort of brings you back to your heart for you to experience those words fully. You sink out of your head and back into your heart. And for those people who maybe feel quite numb in their hearts or not sure what that feeling of being yeah. heart-centered feels like, it can just feel like a, a, a blanket. Button. Yeah, pause button or a blanket, lying underneath a blanket, a warm, yeah, snuggly just, blanket. Just a stop, a stop, mm -hmm. like a stop running, stop. Like it's almost like the energy is, is, if you were shaking a glitter globe, the glitter globe has just stopped. Yeah. Just for a second, just so you can come back to now. You know when you've been on a long car journey and then you mm. pull in the driveway and then that moment after you've just turned the engine off and you yeah, just sit there. That's it. Yeah, that moment. Or I can remember this when I was doing my neuroscience course and we'd sat in this room for about an hour and then all of a sudden they turned the air con off mm. and the whole room sighed. And mm. we hadn't even realised that we'd been put under this sort of energetic sound turbulence know. yeah <laughs> until it was turned off so this is it comes back to a bit to what you were saying earlier on where if you haven't felt like what your peace is or you haven't felt grounded before sometimes you know it by the removal of yeah the, the chaos the storm the disturbances so what i want to encourage our listeners to feel into for the rest of this year is to cultivate uh, a relationship with what peace feels like for you and also to recognize the places and spaces where you are putting a tight attachment to an outcome in place or an expectation and what that would feel like if you just wiggled it a little bit to allow more movement in it because my feeling is that this year to come the more you're able to wiggle uh, the easier you're going to find whatever comes our way. Yeah. You could do that as a practice as well. You could do that as a dance practice. Mm. You know where you start to dance and you think you've got to dance a certain way to a certain tune. And what you do is wiggle that. You wiggle your thoughts around how you're supposed to dance so that you just dance. And you get used to just doing that rather than thinking it's supposed to be a certain way. I love that. I think that's a really good place to end. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Miriam, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. We've been to some places in our conversation today. I hope for those of you who are listening, you found something that mm, just nourished your heart in a little bit more depth and a little bit more like you're not alone and that we're in this together and that listening to 
me and Miriam talking brings you a, a sense of peace too. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you. Pleasure.